Every three seconds, there's a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name or even selling your personal info on the dark web. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. Save up to 25% off your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at Don't Live a Small Life, Evolving to Our Potential. One glaringly obvious fact that is that our future as a species is dependent upon living our lives in a different manner. The way we've been living is simply no longer sustainable. However, before we change the way we live, first we need to examine how we are actually living. Upon deeper examination, we may find that fear, conditioning, programming, and reaction define our lives rather than spontaneity and inspiration. Our actions and reality are dictated by an obsolete system that's about to take us all out rather than genuine expression of our true essence as loving, intelligent, creative, and interconnected beings. Where can we find guidance when the old systems increasingly fail us? Where can we find the courage to delve into the shadow of our conditioning to unearth our true essence? How can we access and live our potential? With us to contemplate these questions is Morgan Lynn, a renowned spiritual medium, psychic empath, clairvoyant, intuitive coach, ordained minister, paranormal investigator, and published author. With a fiery gypsy soul and an eclectic approach to spirituality, she supports the ever-evolving human with compassion, straightforwardness, and loving accountability. Her new book is called The Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for a Reactive World, filled with personal stories and practical spiritual teachings. The Spiritual Human is a handbook for us all, part instruction manual for being human, and part roadmap for navigating the soul. Morgan Lane takes you on a journey back to your true self. Her website, morganlane.com. Morgan, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Hi, Gwilda. Thank you so much for having me. How did you become interested in working in the psychic realm? Um, Honestly, I feel like it was put on me. I didn't really want it at first. I was that uh, quintessential kid that I felt different. I knew something was going on, but I didn't have the resources or the understanding to um, be able to digest it. And so like many, I, I chose to shut it down. I just pushed it down inside of me, hoping that it would go away at some point. Um, and it did for a little while. But then later on in my 20s and early 30s, it started to come back on. It, I, I tell people it came back online because it didn't have the resistance any longer. So what is natural will find its flow again. And um, I felt like at that point I was in a little better position 
uh, to be able to accept it and, and learn about it and, and take classes and read books about it. So I, I embraced it a little bit easier than when I was a kid. So what psychic training do you have? Um, I have, I've been certified through uh, Dorian Virtues, uh, angel therapy practitioner, but honestly that was the launching pad because I, where I enjoyed that, that certification course, um, I don't necessarily follow it to a T. I feel like when our soul has decided to be this, life has a way of bringing you the things that you need to, to embrace it. And my guides have done a really great job with training me and um, my lack of resistance to that and just being open to learning everything I could from them. I feel like that's how I came to be here. So there's there's the good, the bad, and the ugly in the spiritual realm, okay? How oh, yeah. can you tell the guides that you're working with are reliable sources of information? Well, in the beginning, you know, there's this romanticized version of what um, angels and guides are. And I think we kind of get doughy-eyed and we just trust. And there's a lot of that, oh, it, this is so beautiful and divine. But I agree with you. You have to get to a place where you know completely who you're working with. Because I have been tricked in the past, um, again, part of the training, because I thought I was talking to one of my guides, and I, I feel like we have to question everything, honestly. It's not from a place of, I don't trust anything, but it's from a place of, I'm in charge of my experience. So I have learned to question everything. So in that moment when I was trying, you know, when someone was trying to trick me, I know what my guides sound like. I know how they talk with me. And this particular thing, being, entity, just said something that just didn't land on me correctly. And so I asked him, what, how, how do I know I can trust you? And he said back, he said, how do you, how do you know you can trust any of us? And I went, nope, you're not my guide. <laughs> I hear you there. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's just that, yeah, sorry, it's that space of just being aware and, and willing to question everything. So do you think everyone's psychic? I do, actually. I feel like everyone has their own, I call it their own magic. We all have our own style, our own abilities. Um, that makes it difficult, especially with human nature, because we compare ourselves to others. And if I don't do it the way you do it, then I'm going to immediately make it wrong that I don't do it that way. We, I feel like if we got to a place where we embraced who we are, but then we played with the other possibilities, we would have an easier time turning on those faculties. So do you think people are becoming increasingly psychic at this particular time? I do. I see this trend of human evolution where we've lived for centuries in a fear-based, survival-based kind of mentality. And I, and I get it. We're, we're organisms and we're trying to survive like everything else. But we also have this beautiful connection to something more. And so I think that in this lifetime particularly, of course, the last 20, 30 years, uh, I've seen that trend of, as well. We are waking up to the potential that we have uh, beyond just being this simple human walking the planet. You know, we, we say it's coming on to us now that we're evolving spiritually, but, you know, shamanism, say, for instance, is a form of accessing spirit guides and getting esoteric guidance. And it's been around between fifty and 60,000 years. Mm -hmm. What's the difference that's going on now? 
I think a lot of people, well, there's a, a lot of theories around that. It's the, um, the Aquarian age. There's a lot of talk about our ascension. You know, it depends on the path that you walk. I just feel like, like when I touch the soul and I touch the contracts, for whatever reason, I feel like the bulk of us, the, the, the bigger part of us um, on this planet have decided, we agreed to be the awakening. We decided before coming into this lifetime that we would be the space for this awakening. So I don't have a lot of language around that. It's more of a, a feeling or a sense that I have. But that that has proven to me. I've, I've seen it over and over again. So let's go into what is the awakening? Coming into who we really are. You know, we, I, I look at the historical process of, of our multiple lifetimes where before organized religion came into town, before it kind of showed up and told us everything we were doing wrong, we were a connected people. We were communities and tribes that, like you said, the shamanic tribes and the old world connection, we had that innately. But then Constantine and his beautiful movement and all these uh, you know, organized religions coming into town, we were told, you don't have connection, you have to come to me to get connection. And that's where that, that link broke, temporarily. But the awakening to me is us coming back to it. I don't think that this is a new energy. I feel like we have experienced the lack of connection and we're understanding the contrast and we want to come back to the connection. So you spoke of the Aquarian age. Do you see this as a cyclic process? Big picture, of course. You know, um, I feel like the human experience is about contrast we have what we have and we go away and we have the other end of it and then we decide what we want between the two so big macrocosm picture yes i feel it's cyclic um but there's something unique about this lifetime i don't think that humanity has ever been here before i think we're awakening to things that we uh, collectively of course because there's a larger amount of people on the planet we're coming into something new and and that is uh, unprecedented. Well, you know, we, we cycle through the ages and, and continue cycling, but instead of a circle, are you saying that we're working in a spiral? Yes, I actually see it that way. I don't think we come full circle because that just means we can come back into that hindsight 2020 moment of like, oh, yes, I've been here before. I get it. I, I see that it can be seen that way, but I do think that we are evolving in a spiral where we can look back in the 2020 and we can say, yeah, I can see where I've been. But I'm at a higher revelation than what than where I was when I came around that first time. Um, so you say came around that first time. Do you believe that there's a past life that we're dealing with as well? Oh, yes. I believe in multiple lives. I believe that not all of those lives are human. And I believe that not all of those lives are just on this planet. So I, there's an expansionness to me in that conversation where we... I, I just look at this universe as being this gigantic, vast, beautiful opportunity. And why would we just be human on just this planet? I feel like if we could do anything, why not go do it all? <laughs> Let's be greedy, right? Well, I mean, have it. Like, eat it. I like that that experience and adventure. Like, if I can do anything, then I'm going to go do it. It's, it's adventurous. So part of evolution, and we're just about out of time for this segment, but it sounds like part of the evolution you're talking about is evolving into all of our possibilities. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think that there's ever just one answer, and I don't think that we're here to master human life only. It feels to me that the the point of Well, our- we're going to have to get to that point on the other side of the promised break. No problem. Morgan and I will be back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. 
Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. While you're there, check out our blog and join the discussion. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our special guest this hour is Morgan Lynn. Her website, morganlynn.com. Morgan, we had mentioned before that, you know, for 50 to 60,000 years, shamanism has been on the planet dealing with spirit guides and getting esoteric information. However, uh, for that amount of time, it was the shaman of the tribe doing it rather than just all the community. Granted, we were more interconnected at that time. How do you think it differs now as we're coming into what you call the awakening? I think part of the awakening is for our mind to awaken to the knowing that we too have that connection, that the connection resides within us and that there isn't one particular tribal leader or religious leader or anything like that where we have to go to them to have that that uh, information be delivered. So I feel like the awakening is happening within each person. So you feel like, um, do you feel like um, the time for religion is soon to be gone? Personally, yes. I think that its time is expiring, and not because it's wrong necessarily, but that it's incomplete incomplete for where we're going, not necessarily where we've been, or incomplete, period? I think it had a, it served its purpose at its time, but it is an incomplete teaching, primarily because I, I believe it is fear-based teaching. It does teach people that if you have a connection to source all on your own, you are probably hearing the, the voices of demons, or if you are psychic, or if you are intuitive, you're probably being swayed away from God. It it just is primarily fear-based teaching, and that isn't where we're going. We're going to more of a love vibration. Isn't that really what it became during the time of dogma when we were in low frequency? Because I know some of the teachings are very profound, and the, pe- the very teachers uh, got their information from spirit guides. I agree, yeah. The, I, I, there's, there's beauty in all religions. There's truth in all religions. Unfortunately, I feel like it's when man, when human— the ego gets a hold of it, and then they make it into what they need it to be to control the masses. That's the that's the breaking point. That's the moment it it no longer resonates with that frequency of its pureness. Well, you know, you don't have to look around too long to realize that we're in trouble out there. So that controlling of the masses has about outlived its shelf life as well, don't you think? Yeah, that's. I think that's what a lot of this work that's going on, not only in our country, of course, but in in the world, is. We're waking up to these control devices, these fear-based patterns, and and of course, because we've been controlled for so long, when you suddenly awaken to the fact that you don't need that control, it can cause uh, chaos. And I, I think that's a lot of what is happening in these movements that are happening in our world is we're waking up to the knowing that we have been controlled and, and that can put a lot of fear in people. You know, one of the major uh, mechanisms of control is that of guilt. And what I find very interesting is if you have to avoid being guilty, you have to avoid taking responsibility. Do you see that as a block to the awakening and how can we overcome it? I think there's a big difference between responsibility and blame. Um, I see these control uh, groups Put, wanting to wanting to put blames and, and that's what ignites the guilt with inside. But honestly, there's a responsibility. We each have a responsibility to see our part in the machine, but not to 
harm ourselves with the guilt and the shame that tends to associate with it. So I like to sway more over to who am I being and what am I getting out of this and what can I do about it rather than beating myself up for participating in it. You know, one analogy I like to give is uh, does a child begrudge themselves having crawled when they can pull themselves up and start walking? Mm-hmm. You know, we, like we oh, there, there's always times to crawl. There, still, there's times to crawl, you know. Um, and I, and I think that it's so important that we don't judge against ourselves, but how can we get beyond that? Well, I mean, just being really honest about it, like we don't know everything. And the moment we start slipping into that belief that we should know everything, that's when we start beating ourselves up. If we could just give ourselves a break and get that we are doing what we're doing and we're trying to get this, but we don't have all of the information and, coupled in there, we do have a lot of baggage. We've got a lot of emotional wounds and and traumas that we're trying to work through. Give ourselves a little bit of a break and try your best to stay aware of it. But when you quote unquote mess up or, or make a mistake, get the nutrition out of it. Like try to learn from that moment as opposed to beat yourself up for not getting it perfectly. That's very well put. Let's go backwards a little bit. A lot of your information comes through spirit guides. Um, what exactly are they? For me, that's a group of, it can, it, it's a big, big group, and it can be anything and anyone from all across the cosmos. So when I say guidance team, I typically mean my guardian angels and my spirit guide, who are the ones that have, are with me my entire life. They're, they're with me before I'm even born, and they help me cross over after my body dies. But there can also be an arrangement of other beings in there based on your ancestral lineage. It could be past life family members. It could be elementals or, like you said, like the the shamans or um, other deity, you know, godheads in their tribal community. It really will depend on the soul and what that soul's trajectory is that will determine who the guides are. And some guides can come and go as needed based on whatever you're going through at that time in your life. So how does one receive messages from spirit guides? It'll depend. Like when when we were talking about how everyone is psychic and everyone is intuitive, each person will be able to collect data from their guides based on their abilities. So some people hear messages with their, you know, auditory faculties. Some people see messages, others feel, and others know And it can be a combination of those ways. So it's up to the person. It's like going to the gym and exercising those muscles. It's up to each person to exercise those faculties, but then be in the receptivity of the messages and how they come to you because they won't always look the same from person to person. How can we be sure we're receiving reliable guidance rather than just losing it altogether? (laughs) <laughs> That's a really good question because sometimes it does feel like you're a little crazy. <laughs> um, I think there's practice in there. I think that when we, yes, get the information and lean into it a little bit and be open to it, and then, like I said before, be willing to question everything, over time you start becoming more and more aware that it is your guides. There's this rapport that be- that begins to build and you just learn their personalities and the way they talk with you or the way they give you messages. There's a faith, a trust that begins to build, like any relationship, really. I mean, any marriage, 
is like that. You first meet each other and then you get to know each other and then you learn each other. And so for me, that's how the relationship is with the guides. You know, across the ages in all of the texts, it looks like a lot of the spiritual information is presented in metaphor. Has that been your experience? It can be sometimes. My guides are actually a little bit more shock and awe. <laughs> they, like, they're a little bit more like slap me upside the head when I'm not getting it and just being very direct. Um, but it can be metaphoric. It, it, it takes a little, like I said, it takes a little finessing to learn your style of guides and how they like to communicate with you. And, and, and that's just practice. So it's the practice that uh, makes us confident we're accurately deciphering the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I know. It, I know it's a it's a weird conversation, and it takes time. It also takes just trust of yourself, and like I said, practicing, because the more and more you lean into it and you're open to it, you you learn more, and they teach you more. Because they're not in it to confuse you. They're not in it like they don't. They don't test you. They're not interested in that. They, that's a waste of time for them. They want us to get it. They want us to have that communication. So they're willing to be the space for that. We get to trust ourselves. And I think that's where some of the disconnect comes from is we hear something or feel something. Or we're like, oh, no, 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 I'm just crazy. And, and we, we shun it. We push it down. And then they have to work a little bit harder for it. So, yeah, we, it's a little bit of a combination for ourselves as well as being open to them. Well, isn't that the way we've been controlled all along is being taught to doubt our own intuition? Exactly. So we, we must work through that. That's, that's a challenge, though, because it's been going on for generations. I think right. it's been passed down even um, in our ge- genealogy. Exactly. It can be on a DNA level. It is ancestral. It's that hardwiring program that gets passed down, especially if we've had lifetimes where we've been persecuted for those connections. You know, the the burning times for many people that were burned and hung in the in the witch trials. Anytime we start getting close to these gifts that are natural, that are innate, but we've had traumatic lifetimes where we've been persecuted for them. We'll have a harder time connecting and trusting. So we have to work through the traumas also. So there's it adds a new layer of what we need to work through. Well, it's interesting, though. We're not working through our trauma at that point. We're working through ancestral trauma. How does yeah. one do that? Yeah, we can be. Um, it takes time. Like, well... <laughs> It's a hard answer to give because it's not cookie cutter. It's not going to be the same thing for everyone. Finding a really reputable past life regressionist could be handy. Um, Being willing to go through a hypnosis process of revisiting those lifetimes. Um, I actually work with people's past lives without going into hypnosis. I've learned over over the years that when we do carry these past life traumas, they're really just wanting to have their story be heard. There's something beautiful about acknowledging where we've come from and understanding the trauma that took place that allows the trauma to feel validated and it, it almost auto-corrects. It starts mm. releasing. Well, we're, so- going to, we're going to have to pick up on the release on the other side of the show yeah. break. Morgan and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzpn.net.
our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. We're speaking with Morgan Lane. Her website, morganlynn.com. Morgan, we were talking about past life regression to heal uh, the genetic damage that, we're, that we need to heal in order to uh, reclaim our birthright as, as sovereign individuals. 
Do you think that past lives are actually just um, uh, the memory stored in our DNA of our ancestors? No, I actually believe that we have experienced those lifetimes. There is a memory. Some people call that the Akashic Records. It's the Hall of Records of all of the experiences we've ever had. You can have ancestral memories, but when I'm speaking of past lives, these are specifically my own experiences. So to change gears a little bit, you, you say uh, we base our decisions on comfort and safety and acceptance. Um, what do you see as alternatives to this? Yeah, when I say that, what I'm meaning is we have been trained to uh, put ourselves last and make sure that everyone in our world is good because if they are good, then we are good and that will equate to us having value because they are good. That's not necessarily a bad thing except when it starts harming us, when we're putting everyone first and us last to a fault. So how to move away from that is first go ahead and just add yourself to the mix. Incorporate your own needs as well as the needs of others and that starts the process of making sure that you're not um, exhausting yourself and running yourself in the ground just to make sure everyone else is okay. I, I see that in some people. Myself, that's one of my major sins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I also see people that are so narcissistic they can't see anyone but themselves. Right. How, do you, how do you explain that one? For those of us that are caretakers and we make sure that everyone's good, we also must be able to identify those people and move away from them as best as possible. And that'll depend on the relationship because if it's a family member, it might get a little bit uh, more tricky, but if it's a friend or a coworker, we really need to separate ourselves from those people because givers will almost always manifest takers. And if we're not careful, they will take everything. And we've got to incorporate some healthy boundaries around that. Isn't that an old feeding mechanism designed in the old system? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, you have the givers and the takers. That's pretty polarized. Mm -hmm. And I, I, didn't that come through a time when we didn't recognize we could be self-sustaining and self-actuating? Yeah, and I feel like that's part of the awakening process where we're starting to see the dynamics a little bit more clearly and allow ourselves the boundaries, allow ourselves the self-care as well as the care of others and, and be able to be more in the awareness of that. How can we start to recognize when we're coming from conditioning rather than true expression? Conditioning feels, especially if it's harming you, conditioning the thought around, I, I just need to be my, my, my role and my expectation and my obligation, that will almost always feel heavy in the body. It hurts and it feels arduous and it feels like we have to put a lot of effort and so it feels heavy. Light feels like when you are in alignment with yourself, and that can mean being the caring of others, but when you're in the alignment, there's a lighter feeling. And for me, it really factors down to those simple two contrasting moments of, is this light or heavy? What if you're not a person that feels it in your body? Is there another way to detect it? If you're more of a mental person, like a thought process person, a mental body person, it will also look like um, the obsessive thoughts, like where, where are your thoughts going? If your programming believes that you have to take care of everyone else above yourself, then your thoughts are always going to be around guilt and shame anytime you want to self-care. So you can also catch how you think about these experiences. 
because there isn't anything wrong with taking care of self unless your programming says that that is a shameful thing. How important is self-care in um, the Great Awakening here? Extremely. It's extremely important because how are we to take on these bigger frequencies, these higher vibrational uh, levels, if our physical body is completely emptied because we're giving it away to everyone else? It's extremely important. Let's talk about frequency a little bit. Where are these uh, more expansive frequencies coming from? What's causing that right now? There's a lot of different levels we could go here. There's, you know, there's the solar flares. There's the the light streams that are coming in through our universe. There's lots of scientific data talking about things like that. For me, it just feels like part of the agreement. You know, when I talked before about, I feel like this lifetime is the time we agreed that we would take these things on. So for me, it comes from source. It comes from um, the contract that we would be the receiving of these higher frequencies to lift the whole instead of just the individual you know you look again you look around out there and it looks like the increased frequency now i won't argue with you <laughs> you know like you say there's scientific evidence it's all sorts of evidence that right now we're being bombarded with higher frequency mm-hmm. but it's putting an awful lot of pressure on systems and individuals uh, can you speak to that a little Yeah, because I feel like what's happening in our world is we are coming into a mass shadow work moment. And so what I mean by that is we thought that all of these issues were settled, you know, human rights, women's lib and and gay rights and all of these other things that are starting to unearth. We thought that we took care of them at least enough to get past them. But what's happening is these things weren't completely healed and they're coming back up to the surface to be truly healed. So that's causing a lot of chaos and and upheaval because these things don't want to rest and and be half healed anymore. So where it looks like things are really crazy and they're breaking down and these systems aren't holding their structure any longer – I see it as it's perfect timing because these things need to have true healing, not just be buried under the sand. Well, that uh, increased light casts a nasty shadow, yes? Yes, it does, but it's a perfect shadow. We need to see these things so that we can truly get past them. So do you see this chaos as um, a transition from one frequency or reality to the next? Mm-hmm. When I'm doing shadow work with an individual, I, I see it on an individual level. We cannot move to the next level of our life while we're dragging these old wounds behind us because it it's like a, a boat that has all of the... The, you know, the anchor is down and everything's dredging, you know, dredging up behind it. So it doesn't get any speed. But on a global level, that's happening on that same level because we are wanting to ascend to get into this higher frequency. But we're drag, you know, we're dragging all of these old wounds. And so we've got to be able to get through them. Well, it seems like, you know, historically we've been taught, OK, you got hurt, pick yourself up, put it behind you and get it go on. Because that's really all we had um, at our disposal at the time. What do we have on deck now that can help us go back and um, work through this? I saw the movement, you know, in the 70s and 80s and early 90s, there was a lot of self-help and therapy. You know, we people were writing books on how to get past these these emotional wounds. So there was a bigger conversation of being able to to get into that emotional field. 
now I don't see it being so much that we need to have the therapy. We need to have the the self-work, like be, being willing to at least face that you have these wounds is what allows the wounds to start healing because they feel acknowledged. And that putting them away so that we can just move on, yeah, that's a survival technique. We've learned that from caveman times. So being able to just cut these things away and move on, that's how we've gotten through. But it doesn't necessarily completely heal them. And we're coming into this new awareness that they need healing, not just cutting away. It seems like um, we're carrying, again, a, a lineage of this conditioning that says you just cut and run. You just go on. Right. Um, I mean, this is this has been normalized, actually. So a lot of the damage we've sustained has been so normalized, we may not recognize it as damage. How can we start recognizing those deeper levels? Yeah, and that's actually the issue because it is so normalized. We just take it. We just accept it. That's what it is. To recognize it is to feel that misalignment. Something is wrong and I don't know what's wrong. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say something's off. I don't I don't know what it is, but I don't feel aligned. I don't feel happy. I don't I don't know what's going on. To already start being in the something's going on, but I'm not sure what it is, that space can be so powerful. And again, go back to the thinking that or to the conversation where we said, you know, humans we, we just like being told, we just like knowing, and then yet we like our denial. But what if there was a middle space of accepting something is wrong or out of alignment, but I don't know what it is, and you just be in that space of, I wonder what it is. It already starts the healing process. And it, it's, it's a fascinating thing to talk about because we're so driven to needing all the answers but this is that one moment where you don't necessarily need all the answers. You just need to be willing to receive the answers. It would appear that having all the answers freezes you in an old reality, that curiosity can open that door. Exactly. I like to say, be in the wonder of what it is. Be in the one. I wonder what this is. Being in the wonder actually opens up all of your faculties and you actually start receiving information. When we go, oh, that's what it is, and oh, I don't like it, and I don't want this, we shut our faculties down. And judge against it, and then there you go. You're back into the lower frequency. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch, too. I, I think people are bouncing back and forth between the two places right now as we get ready yeah. to transcend it. Yeah we're, yeah, we're putting our toe in that pond, and we're feeling it out, but it's very uncomfortable because, again, we've, we've not really understood that world yet, and so, it, yeah, we're kind of going back and forth right now, but it's okay. We'll get it. You know, I'm, I'm sure we will. We're going to have to take another quick break, and we'll get back together on this wonderful discussion on the other side. Morgan and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 
15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Morgan Lynn. Her website, morganlynn.com. Morgan, we were talking about shadow work. Can shadow work get us in touch with who we really are or can become? Yes, I feel like that's actually the point of it because we do live in a world where we have to put on different hats and different, you know, robes and we have to play different roles. The shadow work, that's what it truly is. It's about getting within and and being willing to face who you are and who you've been in your life. And that's scary work, of course, because there's a reason we like to put things in the shadows. We don't get to see them anymore. Um, but that's actually the point of it is to to get reacquainted with who you really are. You know, there's a lot of definitions of shadow work, a lot of talk about it right now. How do you see it? 
I see it as being this part of us. It's not um, something outside of us. It's actually within where we like to hide away the pieces and parts of us that we're not so proud of. It can be things that you've done wrong in your life or where you've harshly judged yourself and you hide them away because you don't want others to judge you. And it can also be positive attributes. It could be something that you're really good at, but maybe someone has shamed you for it and you don't want to be shamed anymore. So you put that away too and you hide it away so that it's out of sight, out of mind. So can we stuff things in our shadow that uh, have not gone well for us? Say, for instance, um, like you were saying, if you excel at something, but the people around you become guilty and attack you. Um, so our, you can put that in your shadow as well? Yeah, we would. it's basically a survival technique. We put away anything that's causing us discomfort because we are programmed. There's that lineage kind of programming to press on and get through it. And the best way to do that is to kind of cut away things that might be causing us uncomfort. You speak of shadow work as a true foundation. What, what do you mean there? For me, it's the truth. Um, I have lived many, many years in my life where I've been trying to be something for everyone. And I was killing myself. I was exhausting myself. And, and for me, the shadow work is the, is the truth. And when I want to get to know who I am, I go there. I don't ask other people. I don't go outside of myself. That has, for me, that's the foundation of everything I stand for. And I have to know that first. So we have to move through our shadow in order to become authentic. And isn't authenticity necessary before we can become interconnected again? Yeah. Yeah, that I see this movement in the spiritual communities where everyone's wanting to focus on the positivity and the love and the light, which is great, but it's only half of the conversation. And yet at the same time, we're all speaking about how we want wholeness and we're wanting to be this whole being, but you can't be whole if you're only focusing on half of the conversation. So that shadow half is vital for wholeness, which then in turn domino effects into being authentic. It's been my experience that people that carry a large shadow that they're in deep denial of, that shadow can actually come out and interact in their world in very negative ways. Mm -hmm. I think a perfect example was Hitler, um, who had a Jewish mother that was very abusive. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, part of the process of doing shadow work, there are four stages, and this is based on Carl Jung's work. So there are four stages in shadow work. One is denial, and two is projection three is acceptance, and four is transmutation. So when you're in projection mode, you are projecting your own shadow in the world on how you see it. Like if you, like your example for Hitler, he had an abusive Jewish mother, so he projected on all Jews as being inferior. That is classic projection of your shadow. Pretty damaging in that case. Very, very damaging. And that's where the acceptance comes into play. That's where the, the world between projection and acceptance, the two and three steps, that's where we've got to be brave enough to face the shadow because in acceptance, you can then see yourself in the other people and then there's healing. So in other words, you start to develop a witness. Yes, and you witness yourself and then there's some allowance that it is okay that you are where you are and you are evolving just like everyone else. And so there's acceptance in that moment. Well, we all have shadows. How can one tell when they're projecting their shadow? 
it usually will come out as judgment whenever we're viewing someone doing something and we hate that they're being that way or we're angry and it's uncalled for. It's it's usually a reaction that it, you're overreacting in that moment. That's typically when you're projecting your shadow. Now, you're an intuitive person. Have you experienced where someone has so much in denial that they actually draw the judgment out of a person? And you can sit back and go, that isn't coming from me. So where is it coming from? Yeah, whenever I'm getting funky energies from people, the very first thing I do is I look at I look at myself and I go, is that who I am? Am I being that? Because I want to I want to have some accountability if I am being that. And if I get a no, no, I'm not being that, then I can see how they see that I'm being that and that is their stuff, not my stuff, and it allows me to separate from their judgment. So in other words, they would probably be in the first stage where they're in such denial that they're creating their denials. Mm-hmm. And then when I show up being whatever I'm being for them and they're angry about that, they'll want to throw their energy onto me because they hate that I'm showing up for them on that level. But I look at it like a service. If I'm seeing someone judge me because they, for instance, don't like my hair, okay, whatever, but I'm showing up for them to work through their shadow, so I'm not going to necessarily back away. It's not a confrontational thing, but I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be that for them because it's an opportunity for them to see their own stuff. This is another thing that I'd like to bring up. It seems like there's a step as we're coming out of our own denials and taking, um, being accountable and taking responsibility that that very frequency of doing that starts to rattle the cage of people in deep denial. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? And how does one deal with that? Oh, yeah. When someone, I call it the snow globe, when someone gets shook and they don't want to get shook, they will they will lash out. They will get angry. They will uh, vilify you. They will try and attack you in whatever means, you know, it, it's necessary for them. It's vital to be able to move away from those things and, and end toxic relationships or to walk away from abusive situations we as the person, we, that's where the self-awareness and the self-care comes into play. So it isn't my job to get them to get it. If they're now projecting onto me in a harmful way, it's my job to move away from it. So there's self-responsibility there. If we're programmed and conditioned, and most of us in very deep denial, what does that say about human perception and our perception of what's real? Well, perception isn't real. You see what you... It, it, it seeing is not believing, believing is seeing, and perception is always a fun, it's such a fun game to play with. We see what we are, we see what we believe. So perception alone is an illusion anyway. And if you can get to that place of just being willing to be open to that, you'll see how your your own belief system is projecting into the world. And it, it's an evolution on its own level because we are so reactionary and we do knee jerk when we see things that we don't like and we hate this and we love this and we're, we're just reacting to all this contrast. But when the person is willing to see that the possibility is I, this is my perception, it's possibly not real. You have less of a knee jerk, um, angry reaction to things that you don't like. There's more of an acceptance of, well, that's what that is. And I don't like it, but I'm just going to move away from it rather than attack it. Well, it looks like uh, what you're saying is we come out of denial, we're going to disempower the system that controls us. Oh, yeah, that's that's all they get us, <laughs> is by being asleep. 
you speak of stories as a way to communicate truth. Why not just say it outright? What's the need for stories? Well, the stories are more of a comfort for ourselves in a in a weird way. Whenever something happens to us, we we have the experience, but then we make up the interpretation of that experience. And it's for our brain, I think, on one level, to try and fill in the gaps of why that happened. So let's say if something traumatic happens, we might instantly say, well, it's because I'm a bad person. I deserve this. And stories can either uplift or they can break down. And, and, and that's the choice. Like we've got to get better about noticing our stories. But I think it's part of a, a, a survival mechanism of being able to understand and move on from it. How can awareness save us from living a small life? Well, awareness is everything, everything like if you cannot see who you are and you cannot feel what you are feeling or, or being aware of what you are thinking, then you are being controlled. You, you are being controlled not only by your own stories, your old programs, but also what society expects of you. And so, you know, we, there's this term called sheeple. We become sheeple. We're, we're not thinking for ourselves. Self-awareness is everything. If you are not happy you are the one that is responsible for making the change, but you've got to be aware of where you are allowing these things in your life and then work towards making another choice to move away from that behavior. Well, no truer words were ever spoken. The buck eventually stops here, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does. Well, Morgan, this has been absolutely wonderful visiting with you, and it's hard to believe, but we are already out of time. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, sweetheart. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you. Our guest this hour has been spiritual medium, psychic empath, clairvoyant, intuitive coach, ordained minister, paranormal investigator, and author of The Spirited Human, Proactive Tools for a Reactive World, Morgan Lane. Her website, morganlynn.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues to bring information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.